0: Good morning. How are you going? Good. Good to see everybody. Who's been ice skating this week? Yes. Yes. Fantastic. 90% of Armada who went ice skating just did held onto the side like this. And like there's like one person in the middle doing little flips and twists and you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. In my head this is me entering the ice. Get to the middle, get to first position. Wait for my music. Got the, you know, the sort of full onesie on with the sparkles and the glitter hands and all that kind of thing. In reality, <laughs> it's me pushing Sammy around on one of them little kangaroo thingies. And that is the only reason I didn't fall over. So if you went to the ice, if you were thinking my entire body is not in enough pain, nor is it wet right now, I'll go ice skating. So get out there. There's another week left to inflict much pain and humiliation upon yourself. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. (coughs) Um, We thank you that we can gather here together. We thank you that um, um, we can come and hear your word uh, through music. We can come and hear your word through each other. Conversations that happen afterwards over a coffee we can come see you and that we can come and hopefully hear your word this morning. Hopefully I can be someone who who listens to what you're saying. Give us ears to hear, hearts that are open, feet to go in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, if you're visiting or you're new, we've been going through the book of John. It's a fantastic uh, book. John was one of the eyewitnesses. So he was there. He wrote, he wrote the book a bit after it all went down because back in the day, the tradition was a verbal tradition. So he wrote it down within the amount of time when he'd written it. If he'd been in like inaccurate, there were people still around to kind of go, that's not what happened. You need to change that so we can have some confidence in the accuracy of what John is saying. But uh, John, if you were here last week, Rhett talked about John being the guy who gave himself his own nickname, which we all decided as Australians should be some sort of unwritten rule that if you're going to have a nickname, you're not allowed to give it to yourself because John really didn't grasp the whole concept and his nickname for himself was the disciple that Jesus loved, which is a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved, Captain Mr. Thingy Guy, whereas, you know, two of the other guys were called the Sons of Thunders. Now, there, there, there's a nickname, Sons of Thunder, right? Anytime you enter a room, you put on ACDC. No? Nobody? No? Okay. Wait, Thank you, Akadaka fans here. So we're still in John and we're going to, um, today I want to talk about famous last words and they're not the last words that Jesus spoke on the cross. They're not the last words that he talked when he was in front of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish leaders or Roman Roman guy, Captain Pilate. They're not those last words. They're the last words that happened in between, right in the middle of John in the chapters 13 to 17. The whole book takes a, takes a really deliberate turn and it changes pace and it changes feel because those chapters are dedicated to his last intimate personal time with his disciples. So he's speaking to his disciples in these chapters. It's not that he's not also speaking to us, but uh, John records this as a first-hand account of what was spoken. Um, so before before we touch on that, I just wonder if we could grab the next slide. Thanks, Em. I was thinking about this during the week, and a couple of a couple of things came to mind. Uh, I know these two things don't seem to have anything in common: ancient Egypt, ancient Egyptian burial rituals, and Saving Private Ryan. This will make sense a bit later on today, but um. If you know a little bit about, uh, and I know next to nothing, about <laughs> mummification rituals, but there's a whole bunch of different stages and they all mean something. They're all got to be done properly and in the right order and that kind of thing. And then off at the end, uh, the pharaohs and some of the wealthier people were buried with things that they called grave goods. So it might have been something like a jar of honey in case you get hungry on the other side. Your favourite cat. Imagine that cat getting put in the casket. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay Scratching from the inside Sorry for Those who are like Sorry Rhonda <laughs> Rhonda's a big cat fan Here's a jar of honey And your favourite cat For the next life So that was their belief system You won't need your brain So we'll take that out Through your nose with a hook But you'll need some honey And you'll need a cat Incidentally Fun fact Honey is the only food That doesn't go off So theoretically today If you cracked open that Thing You could eat the honey If you're cool with it Being next to a dead guy For a couple thousand years But um you know, if you really want to. It might taste of cat, sort of some sort of cat aftertaste. Anyway, so the idea here behind this ancient custom of uh, um, buried goods with you was this person's going to need them for where they're going next. You'll need this, so we'll put it in there. Who's seen Saving Private Ryan? Most people have seen this movie. There's a fantastic scene towards the start of it, and it's a, brutal the film is there's a brutal start to the film it's just in and it really shocks you and it probably should shock us but there's a scene just after the first opening scene of when they take the beach at Omaha and they they uh, storm the big torrents and they've kind of secured the beach and they've lost a lot of men doing it anyway uh, and Tom Hanks who plays the captain in that scene loses his interpreter during that raid so he needs a new interpreter because they're going inland into enemy territory to look for private ryan he's been given this impossible mission to take his little group of guys and and go inland and look for private ryan so he needs an interpreter who can speak german who can speak french who can speak english who can you know often these interpreters well this they did basic training and then they were there for those reasons so he goes to wherever he needs to go to on the beach and he finds this skinny little guy who's typing away and yes sir that's me right can you speak how's your german great it's fantastic right you're coming with me and he goes right sir and he turns around and he picks up his typewriter and he's kind of really he's a bit nervous so things are falling out of his arms he's got a typewriter and a great big pack here and this and that and he turns back to hanks and hanks is like you won't need that typewriter down you won't need the case for it you don't need that get rid of that and she's sort of taking stuff off him and right so of course sir and he drops his helmet and he says you need that pick that up and you'll need that, your gun. Have you ever fired it? In basic training, sir, right, you'll need those things. What about my typewriter, sir, and he holds up a pencil? Just take the pencil. Um, the point is, what do these things have in common? They're both uh, – you'll need that for where you're going. You're going to need some things here for where you're going. I'm not going to get into now the theology behind the Egyptian ritual. That's not the point. Don't miss the point here. The point is you're going to need some stuff for where you're going next. The, one was the afterlife, according to the Egyptians and their beliefs. That was the afterlife. You need honey and a cat and some other things. One was you're still alive, so you're going to need a weapon, and you're going to need something to protect yourself with. So with this whole idea of thinking about these famous last words, this beautiful bunch of chapters right in the middle of John, where it's so intimate, and it's so personal, and it's so lean in, fellas and ladies, because I've got something really important to say, and we don't have much time here. So listen. Listen, because you're going to need this for what's happening next. Does that make sense? Yeah? Great. So uh, a couple of things to remember when reading through the book of John, great book, fantastic, um, is is that I've already mentioned, John, John is, the author is present. It's a first-hand account. His primary reason, John's main motivation for writing these things down in the book of John is an evangelical one. He wants to point people towards Christ and go, this Jesus we believe was also God and you need to look to him and believe in him and here's why. Okay, he, he often talks about I am, and that's really deliberate. I mean, uh, Rhett touched on Where is Rhett? I keep referencing him. He's not here. He's cooking sausages. <laughs> uh, Rhett touched on it last week. I am. That's a really deliberate phrase. I am the way that I am, I am. He's basically saying to his listeners, I'm equating myself with God, the great I am. It, it's a really deliberate choice of words. And also, there's a strong reminder with John, a strong thread of a reminder throughout the book of John, that he's linking uh, first Passover with what's happening, what's about to happen. And and that's a big joining up of a circle. The first Passover was the first sort of um, uh, turning point in redemption for Israel. And here we are right at the other end with Christ being the perfection of that, the second Passover lamb. That's why we say Jesus the lamb of God. Have you ever been in church and perhaps you're new to church, and you go, why do they call Jesus the Lamb? It's because right at the start, there was a Passover Lamb. Jesus was the perfection of that. So when he went to the cross, they called him the Lamb. It is finished. It is done. Isn't that great? That's fantastic. It means that you and I can sit here today. Someone else has paid for that, for us. And our blood doesn't need to be spilled, even though we're sinners, even though we are stuff up and not, not perfect. Lovely. Lovely. Thanks, Sam. Next slide. So John 13, 17, setting the scene, the middle chapters, an obvious change of gears. I've touched on this already. So he's sharing a meal just before the Passover feast. Um, and it's time of imparting, wanting a chunk of time with his disciples right before he, the like the, the it's already starting to happen this, you know the the cogs are turning for the end days of Jesus he knows that so he's getting some intimate personal time here lean in friends i don't have long to go this is important you're going to need this for the next bit there's a sense of urgency about these chapters not not stress not frantic wigging out because it's Jesus we're talking about but there is a sense of urgency i've got some stuff to tell you it's really important you 're going to need this uh, that 's why i 've called it famous last words because there 's some really good stuff in there, not just for the d 's but for us as well so with this idea of so prior to prior to these chapters, just to if you 're sort of thinking what does he mean when it 's changing gears in the middle so prior to uh, chapter thirteen, it was a lot about jesus public ministry uh, there 's miracles, public ministry public speaking there 's Um, examples of uh, the the local government and the local Jewish uh, people of the day um, asking him questions and challenging There's all that kind of thing in uh, 1 through to 12. And then 13, just intimate, really special time. And then after, sorry, 13 to 17. And then after 17, it goes into Garden of Gethsemane, um, the same, you know, Jewish leaders in front of Pilate, the trial goes to the cross, resurrection, and then that in the days following that. So that, that's why that this, this bit in the middle is a total change of pace and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Go home and read it tonight. It's fantastic. So, famous last words. I, I thought, thanks, and we'll have the next slide there. Famous last words. I thought, what are, what are some famous last words that people have said over history and what does it tell them about? What does it tell us about? where their hearts were at in their last days. Thanks, Sam. So this first one, Karl Marx. Go on, get out. Last words are for fools who've not yet said enough. So I'm not trying to make political statements here, okay? it just happens to be Karl Marx, father of Marxism, linked with communism. Anyway, that's what he said. I thought that was fascinating. Next. Damn it, don't you dare ask God to help me. Joan Crawford. And while she's dying, a housekeeper is praying for her. and She has a crack at her for that. Next one. Thanks, Em. Why should I talk to you? I've just been talking to your boss. I love this one. Playwright, Wilson Mitzner. When a priest said, I'm sure you want to talk to me, to Wilson Mitzner, while he was on his deathbed, Mitzner replied, well, I've just been talking to your boss. Why do I want to talk to you? <laughs> That's cool, yeah? That's a cool last word. This next one's really cool. In a weird kind of way. Stopped. Surgeon Joseph Henry Green was checking his own pulse as he lay dying. That was his final word, was stopped. Next one. I'll just unplug one of these other things here. Oh, wait. Unknown. Someone plugging their iPhone charger in from their hospital bed. is. Um, I may or may not have made that up this morning and just <laughs> thrown it in there, but I'll leave you to decide whether that's entirely accurate or not. Uh, last one, this one I've deliberately left to last because it's my, my favourite one and it leads into what we want to talk about next. Last tag. Banker Richard B. Mellon, who died in 1933, and his brother Andrew played a game of tag that lasted seven decades. Seven decade game of tag. <laughs> On his deathbed, these were Richard's last words to his brother. His brother remained it, tag your it, until he died four years later last tag I've put that last because it's my favorite last line ever thanks Em because I think these chapters 13 to 17
1: are Jesus last
0: tag last tag you're it I'm going you're it he wasn't leaving them alone as we'll see in a minute but it was his hey last tag you're it um you know If you're a wrestling team, tag, you're in. Big last things, an overview. So this is, um, I'm sorry to disappoint if you're hoping for sort of one verse to chew on here. I'm kind of taking this chunk and going, this is the overview. Doesn't mean we won't touch on some specific verses. So this chunk of scripture where it's so intimate and so personal. What are these big last things, this last tag, these famous last words? Thanks, Em, first one. Service. Chapter thirteen, one to seventeen. Jesus models foot washing, so the whole section is kicked off with him serving. If you take notes, th- th- this is the time to take notes, um, even if it's just the just the word service. I, I think it's fascinating that um, this. Time here includes washing Judas Iscariot's feet. It includes eating with him. So he didn't kick him out and then wash feet. He didn't say, go and do what you need to do, which was run away with the money and pay the guys so you can, you know, throw me under the bus. Before that, he could have done that, but he didn't. I think that's amazing. Service. That's his very first, right off the bat, last tag, famous last words is serve reminding these guys I've set an example for you now go and do it for one another next one thanks Sam. love one another John 13 34 to 35 let me give you a new commandment love one another in the same way I have loved you love each other this is how everyone will recognise that you are my disciples when they see that you have love for each other so service love one another next one Em. trust me so you can imagine these guys might be feeling a bit like I'm not really sure what's coming next he's been kind of talking in riddles up to this point he's sort of saying some stuff that's scaring us a bit here you know you're the messiah we believe that We're sp- you know you're supposed to overthrow the government you know the the romans here what's going on so they might be a bit frightened and he's saying trust me comfort and assurance chapter 14 1 to 2 do not let your hearts be troubled there's some great things if you're going to say some last things here these are, he's just nailing them he's nailing them next one remember 14 6 to 7 i'll read this out because it's 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 lovely there's lots of lovely things here but i am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Remember, I am the way, the truth and the life. And that'll be an anchor for you in these days to come. Next one. You are not alone. Right on the heels of that. Remember, I'm the way, the truth and the life. By the way, I'm not now going and just going. You know, yes, it's tag, but it's tag with a helper. I'm leaving you a helper, and I'm leaving you my peace, not as the world gives it, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give. That's. Is there anyone here this morning who's Perhaps had a kind of week or a kind of year or a kind of life where your heart is just frantic. Don't put your hand up. Jesus says, my peace, my peace. Yeah, it's not as the world gives peace. Hey, peace, man. And that's all nice, nice sentiment. This is something powerful, different level, next level stuff. And it doesn't matter who you are or where you're at. Uh, even Our little boy is not yet three If he's having a hard time getting to sleep, so let's talk to Jesus. And he says, his words, not mine. Jesus in my heart. Yeah, Jesus in your heart. Let's talk together because he's right here. He's right here. And it really helps him. My peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. And a helper. Yeah? Fantastic. You know the Great Commission? Sorry, a little sidetrack. At the end of Matthew, go into all the world. Yeah? Make disciples. I used to read that and freak out, but it's bookended by um, these two bookends, which is, I'll never leave you. I'll always be with you to the very end of the age. And and the other end, sorry, now that I've had a memory blank, but it's bookended by two assurances that you don't do this alone. This is not a by yourself thing. Next one. Thanks, Sam. Remain, chapter 14, 26 to 27. Sorry, I'm leaving your help out of my piece. I think we've already done that one. Sorry, next one, M. Is there another one there? No, I don't know, something happened. I'm sorry. That's okay. There's only a few slides. I must have messed it up when I was putting this together. This is good, so if you, have, you have to take notes now. So the next one is... Um, Remain in me. So, chapter 15, 5, the vine and the branches. I am the vine. My father is the gardener. You are the branches if you remain in me. Who knows this passage? Famous passage. Beautiful section of scripture. Remain in me. And last one, chapter 15, 8 to 20, get ready. Because you'll be hated. And this is the one that we don't want to read. We want to gloss over We pretend he didn't say get ready, because if the world doesn't like me, it's not going to like you either. Uh, And it's a real kind of like, how does that work with being here, you and me living in the world, loving the world, being part of the world, being human beings, walking around, doing our jobs? What it means is um, Christ came to kind of go, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if we stick with that and we abide in him, we remain in him, to some that's going to be Oh thank God. And to others it's going to be how dare you. How dare you say those things. This is where it needs to get back to and if you're wrestling with this and asking these questions that's great, please wrestle and ask, that's wonderful. Christianity is not about don't ask those questions. And if you need to want to come and speak to cares or myself, come and see us afterwards, that's fine. Um but Jesus is very exclusive. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you can kind of just dismiss that, if you like, straight off the bat, because it's powerfully politically incorrect. But any belief system in the world is exclusive. It really is. All belief belief systems in the world exclude something else. Jesus says these things. He's either either arrogant, like just a real jerk, or he's stupid, which doesn't line up with his teaching, or he is actually who he says he is. It's only arrogant and, and 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 being a jerk if he's not who he says he is. It's a C.S. It's a Lewis argument, if people want to look that up. Liar, lunatic, or lord. But it is something you have to go back to. Um, if you want to examine Christianity, you have to go back to the source, which is Jesus the person and Jesus the God, and look at his life. And John is a fantastic place to do that. John and the Gospels. Sorry little sidetrack that's important. Finally, right at the end of this, chapter 17 of John, the entire thing is devoted to prayer. So right at the capping off of all these big ticket, famous last words, serve one another, love one another, trust me, remember, you are not alone. Remain in me, the true vine. Get ready, be prepared. He prays. And the first thing he does is he prays for himself and then he prays for his disciples and then guess what he prays for us a god that prays for us he prays for all believers everywhere and that's the last bit of this beautiful little section john 13 to 17. i hope you're encouraged i really do i hope to be encouraging People want to know all the time in this world, what's your bottom line? If you're here today and perhaps it's your first time in church and you take nothing else away, if you've zoned out enough already, please hear this. The bottom line of Jesus and Christianity is grace. Before a good argument, before anything else, it's grace, okay? Jesus died, love the world. God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that forever who believe in Him, Jesus died, so we don't have to. If that piques your curiosity, even a tiny little bit, please come and come see us. Yeah. People want to know what's your bottom line? It's grace. That's the bottom line. Grace. The wrap up. Something else I really noticed as I, I poured over these chapters during the last couple of weeks, is there's a phrase that keeps coming up um, periodically. I think it's about three or four times within this space, and you'll have to go back and read it now. Hopefully this has piqued your interest a bit. And this is the phrase, I have told you these things so that dot, dot, dot. And it's a something that you could be innocuous and you could gloss over, but it's powerfully important because when it says something like that, then you go, then you need to backtrack and read that chunk before that thing was said. And then there's another chunk, and then that thing is said again. You go, oh, wow. And then there's another chunk, and then he says it again. If you're taking notes, this is another time to take notes. This is really important. That I could find, and and there might be more, but in that just small section that we've been looking at, 13 to 17, he says it four times. I have told you this so that. The first one is, so that you believe I am he. Okay, so write down. Believe. The next one. Next one is so that your joy may be complete. Joy. Next one is so that you will not go astray, you will not fall away. Next one is so that in me you may have peace. Famous last words. Believe. And so that your joy will be complete. How often do we kind of gloss over that this life is supposed to be about joy? (laughs) It's supposed to be about life. I've come to give life and life to the full. Yeah, more abundantly. Not about religion. Not about you got to do all these things to be right with God. That's a huge difference here. If I can get on the gospel wagon right now. I love that his last words are things to encourage. They're not religiously, you better, mm, I'm going now, and you might be, if I hear, mm, you know. It's none of that. And then, right at the end, just to actually solidify what he's just said in his last words, he goes, Believe, have joy, hang in there, guys, and be at peace. Let's pray. Father, you said, in this world, we'll have trouble, but take heart, you've overcome the world. Help us grab that. Help us hold on to it. Father, please forgive me if at any point today I've muddied waters rather than trying to make them clearer. Um, With every cell in me, I'm I'm trying to say this is not about... religion it's not about being a good person it's about holding on to you Jesus with everything we've got remembering your famous last words to your disciples which now echo in our ears and our hearts if you're sitting here today and this is all new to you and it's a bit weird um, I just want you to pray with me now don't put your hand up or you don't have to come up the front or anything embarrassing Um, just repeat after me um God, this is kind of new to me. I'm just starting this journey. I'm just getting to know you. If you're there, if you're real, Jesus, if if you're real, please just speak to my heart now. Help me to understand. Help me to understand. Father, thank you that you prayed for us. At the end of your famous last words, you prayed for us. Your thoughts were for us. For all believers everywhere. I thank you for everybody here. I hope we are encouraged. I hope we receive peace this morning. I hope our hearts are stirred. For those of us who have been Christians for a long time or in the church for a long time, I hope there's something next level going on for those of us who are just seeking or just here because someone else brought them here today I hope and pray that um, this is the start of something great please ask questions please kick tires this is not religion it's about relationship it's about a God who loves you enough to send his son to die in your place so that you don't have to, so that you might have life and peace and joy and hope and comfort. Thank you for your famous last words, Jesus. Amen.